the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthworkerCollective.com. Hi, welcome to the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. I'm Jeremy Steele, and I am here with two of my favorite people and also, they happen to be great youth workers and youth ministry trainers, um, Kristen and Stephanie. So, uh, Kristen, would you introduce yourself? Tell us uh, who you are and where you are serving right now. Hi, uh, my name is Kristen Tropiano, and I'm currently serving at Strawbridge UMC. And Stephanie, last name I mispronounce every time I try. Jeremy, it's Konvichka, Stephanie Konvichka, K-O-N-V-I-C-K-A. <laughs> no, I'm Stephanie. I serve at um, Hesed House of Wharton. It is a nonprofit community wellness facility. I formerly served at Wharton First United Methodist as student ministries director. Awesome. So speaking of that, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about self-care for youth workers. So um, I, I want to start off by saying, like, um, where do you think is the sort of primary pitfall for youth pastors not caring for themselves? Like, what is the thing that you see amongst your friends and colleagues? Like, that's the one that people really need to pay attention to. Hmm. So <laughs> I actually have a couple. Um, the first one I went into youth ministry, um, having been a high school teacher, I taught English and theater and understanding when you spend a lot of times with students, you pick up their habits. Um, <laughs> right. so I went into youth ministry, um, understanding that I could not eat all the foods that my students ate. <laughs> Yes, yes, 100%, yes. So a huge part of my self-care was saying no to the things I fed them intentionally um, and then eating other things instead, which sometimes meant I had to eat before an event or after an event or just a little less. They wanted me to eat with them, so I would eat less of what they ate and not make that a meal um, but that was a huge thing for me because yeah. my body responds very strongly to what I put into it. So um, <laughs> adequate nutrition is important. And our teenagers typically aren't eating well-rounded um, diets. Right. And and I, I think you say that – the reason I laughed is because, like, that was the last thing I would have thought about. But it is – it may should have been the first thing because that is 100%. It's like – I've watched multiple times youth pastors put on the freshman 50, right? In their <laughs> first couple of years Every of youth year. ministry, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's, it's of no fault of their own. Like they've just entered back into a world where everyone else in that world has an unlimited metabolism. <laughs> yep. Yep. And a, and a higher amount of energy that we're not going to be able to maintain um, or match if we are eating the way they're eating. We yeah. actually need to eat for fuel. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, you said you had two things. What, what was the other? So the other thing was um, setting really strong boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, so I 
and again, I brought a lot of my educational background in of understanding that other people weren't going to set the boundaries that I needed to. And so what is your educational background? Just for those of us who are not your best friend. So, all right. So. (laughs) Um, I am finishing up a master's in clinical mental health. And so um, under like a lot of what I did in youth ministry is informed by, by that. Right. So, um, so strong boundaries is a huge part of that, even to the point of like, I did the Townsend and cloud study with my students on mm-hmm. boundaries so that they could understand even um, that boundaries are good and they're necessary and they're for the health of everyone in relationship. Mm-hmm. And so they were very clear on not texting me after a particular time at night unless and it, it was an emergency. And right. then we understood what an emergency was and that they didn't get to text me when they were bored or, you know, that sort of thing. And having to learn to put parameters around my time because other people would. Right. Now that's a huge thing. And I think that extends beyond the, um, uh, beyond the students as well. Right. You know, some people have, and I don't mean you guys, I mean, other people of course have, have, or have had, uh, senior pastors who are not good at boundaries, right? And and mm-hmm. that will, you know, assume that you are on call um, all of the times. And, um, you know, they get somebody who calls them in the middle of the night and they, because they have unhealthy boundaries, answer the call in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. Um, <laughs> and they're going to call you to try to respond to it at 1130 at night. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think... So the question is, um, it's, I, I get the Townsend and Cloud study with the youth. That's awesome. That, so that's, by the way, uh, a book called Boundaries. Um, and there's lots of different versions of it, like boundaries in marriage, boundaries with your pets, boundaries with your uh, banker, all kinds of different <laughs> versions of it. Um, but you, um, so that's awesome. But, but how, how does that work? when it's your supervisor. I mean, Kristen, how, how do you deal with setting boundaries with somebody who, I mean, ultimately could like fire you? I know technically that's the SPR, but let's just be honest. Yeah. Ultimately, like how do you deal no, with that? For sure. So um, <laughs> I don't know how to answer any of these questions without being the worst hypocrite in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> I find it hilarious that this is the uh, podcast you asked me to be a part of, <laughs> because this is one I need to listen to, uh-huh. but I will say, I hope Stephanie can back me up on this, that it is something I have been working on significantly harder recently, uh, mm-hmm. setting boundaries between um, myself and students and their parents and my supervisors um i do have a really bad habit of saying well i was awake anyway sure i can work on that <laughs> 1 a.m no horrible, I, I know <laughs> but that was a value judgment on my part right now so i'm sorry <laughs> so you're you're working on that and that's there's that is a good yeah. you are the perfect person to ask so how how do you work on it like what do you do with that like where do you start 
So I've started trying to use uh, some different um, built-in features in my phone and my different apps and stuff like that to set um, off hours so people can't contact me. Um, well, tell us these sorts like, of, where do these, do these features exist in a phone? Well, so like I use Slack now, which is tied into all of my uh, Google Calendar, my emails, my drive, like just anything that someone at work can uh, ping um, me with that I have hours that it cannot contact me. So between the hours of, I think it's 9 p.m. and 8 a.m., mm-hmm. you can't reach me uh, okay. or I won't get the notification at least. Sweet. Um, so that's been helpful. Um, what else? I've, I've said out loud to students several times, hey, guys, don't text me after 9 p.m. Don't right. call me after 9 p.m. unless it's an emergency. Right. Um, but they're just, you know, they're tired and emotions are high. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't. Huge. We don't need that. Right. Um, and then as far as staff and supervisors, I have also tried to re- say to them, guys, these are the hours that I'm really not responding. If it is an emergency, call me. They usually understand that. Um, <laughs> usually and it is becoming a group effort to get everybody to start utilizing things like slack so that we're a healthier staff all around right because we've all gotten into a really bad habit of you know texting each other at 11 p.m saying oh by the way did you get that message from me what have you done what haven't you done right uh, so so stephanie how do you so you have a conversation, like Kristen said, like, hey, I'm going to try to be healthy. And um, you don't have to say not like you, but you're kind of implying <laughs> that maybe. Um, but wait, I'm, I've got to set some boundaries. I've got to be more healthy. I'm, I'm not going to answer my phone after nine. Like there is literally nothing that you can have for me to do after nine that I'm going to do like <laughs> um, you can have, you can have that conversation. Okay. So, and that's like step one, but Stephanie, what, what do you do when they violate that agreement? Right. When your senior pastor or let's not put it all on them. Let's just the, the music minister, uh, calls you and asks you is trying to get you to reschedule youth choir practice uh, and cancel you, your normal youth ministry so that they can go see a football game. Um, uh, <laughs> what do you do when they do that? You know, like in the middle of the night and you've already kind of set these boundaries. How do you deal with that? Um, typically I don't respond till working hours. What? I uh, know. <laughs> Takes restraint. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Incredible restraint. <laughs> Um, because this is the thing. So I'm just going to say this. I may get some pushback against this. I think Kristen's heard me say it before. Like I have to frequently remind myself, literally no one is bleeding out on a table right now. (laughs) Right. Yes. I have heard you say that. This isn't brain surgery, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like literally no one's life is at risk or in danger do like to self-harm or anyone else's in that particular situation. Mm -hmm. Therefore, 
it does not warrant a response. Uh, what I feel in those situations happens is once we respond, even though we respond to say, I'm not responding, we're still engaging. Right. Yeah. So I choose to not engage. And then I engage during business hours. I do not apologize for not responding right. after hours. I just let them know my policy on after hours. Yeah, so. no, that's good. I think another thing that can be helpful is um, there, are, there are some people that, um, that violate that more than others, right? Mm -hmm. I've got some... I've got some friends, coworkers, whatever, that um, they really only text me after hours if it's an emergency or if they're inviting me to go to the movies with them, right? Mm -hmm. um, which that is okay for the record. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, like I, I only – like there's some people that are really good about that and there's some people who are just like always texting me and they will like – they know that that I have an administrative assistant that deals with certain things and they will text me before they call the administrative assistant. Right. Mm -hmm. they, and they like violate every boundary all the time. Mm -hmm. So another thing that I think I found really helpful is with those people, I slow everything down for them. Right. Oh yeah. I never respond to that text message immediately. Nope. Um, it's never an emergency. Let's be honest, right? <laughs> well, and, and let's just kind of boil it down to impulse control. Right. People, like that's what some of that is. And so they're responding on impulse or they're texting on impulse. So our obligation there is to help them manage that. Right. In a sense. So continue. Sorry. No, no, no. That's right. Yeah. And so like, I don't do that. I don't respond to the email right away. Like, and sometimes I don't ever respond to it. Like if mm -hmm. it's not my thing, sometimes in an hour or so after I receive the text message, I will message my admin or I'll, I'll, I'll call her and I'll say, Hey, Sonia, can you um, get back with this person? They need this to happen. Mm -hmm. So I, I put the, I reroute that communication to the appropriate channel so that it mm -hmm. never actually happens the wrong way. And I, mm -hmm. I think that part of these, part of those issues are those communication glitches, like people who can't quite get that in their heads. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about the negative side. Oh, wait, Kristen, did you have something that you thought was the biggest? Um, I, I honestly, it comes all. back down to boundaries. Yeah. I, because I'm the worst. Again, can't answer it without being a hypocrite. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's the sort of like negative side, the things that we need to eliminate. But self-care is not just about eliminating negative, the negative things, the negative habits, right? So um what are some of the things that you think are really important, especially for youth workers, as far as self-care is concerned in general? Um, like the, the, the things that we're putting in, the sort of the positive side, not the negative side, the addition and not the attraction, subtraction. Mm -hmm. Kristen? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm thinking. <laughs> and everything sounds so cheesy, but like... Making sure that you have time to um, 
study your lessons ahead of time. Okay. Uh, setting aside time to read your read for your own pleasure, read for your own um, education, read for what you're teaching, read whatever. Um, but making sure that you have that time where people can't interrupt you mm-hmm. um, has been phenomenal and life-giving and um, extremely helpful in being prepared and like ready to go. Um, having time with students that's dedicated to um, just relationship building. Mm-hmm. So if that's going to their volleyball games or their football games and we're talking about a whole lot of nothing, right? it means everything. Um, and so that is something that has been really wonderful. Um, honestly, it's all the stuff that isn't admin work. Right. <laughs> um, Stephanie, I wonder what are some of the things that are not, not really um, in the job, you know, that, that we, that you've seen helpful for youth workers to sort of fill the tank back up. Okay. So, well, and I want to speak first to like the not, sub, you know, the negative versus the positive subtracting, adding things in and that I tend to um, not respond well to saying I can't have this or I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And so what I've learned is to begin crowding out the um, maybe less helpful aspects of whatever it is, my time management or my um, diet, my lack of exercise, whatever it is, by adding in positive things. And so as those positive things get added in a little more, it just leaves less time or less space or whatever it is for those um, things that are not as life-giving maybe. Right. Um, so that's that's just kind of one tactic I take with that. Just it's sounds silly, but I trick myself into (laughs) surrendering things. Um, But what was the question now? So what are some of the (laughs) habits, practices you've seen that that are sort of healthy for youth workers um, to fill their tank back up, like uh, take care of themselves in that way? Okay. I will say this, being friends with people who are also not on church staff, Mm-hmm. is very helpful so that you have some relationships that are outside of your little bubble, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, just for me um, personally, it was for perspective because yeah. I began to only see things through a work lens or a youth ministry lens. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was helpful. Building in a schedule. Cause I know in youth ministry, we tend to not always have real fixed schedules. And so I create my own schedule. I build in white space into that schedule so that I have time to decompress in my day. Um, I give myself tasks to complete in a day so that I don't get to the end of the day. And then I'm like, Oh crap. Sorry. I could have said worse. Um, I don't have to that, stay. That in no way counts as a bad word. Okay. Well, I, it is. I got called out in an admin council meeting. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe there, but not on the youth ministry podcast. Awesome. <laughs> What's on the table? Let me just ask that. As long as you don't use the term lit, that's that's really all that matters. Oh, I hate that word. Dude. <laughs> lit, <laughs> Dude. Sorry. <laughs> um, I keep forgetting what I was saying. 
Um, oh, so not getting to the end of the day, having not completed any of those tasks and therefore um, having to stay up late so that I can complete things so I can feel better about myself or put out any fires, which then would make me oversleep the next morning. And then I go into my day rushed and then I would check out and the cycle perpetuates itself. So creating a schedule, creating um, achievable tasks to complete um, throughout the week, throughout the day, maybe in the morning or by the afternoon, whatever it is, just so that I could um, not constantly be in crisis, if that makes sense. Right. No, that's huge. (laughs) Yeah. What did you say, Kristen? I said that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that for me, some of the things I've seen that's helpful, it really all boils down to, what is it that you enjoy in life, right? Mm-hmm. And and finding, um, being intentional about finding an expression for that outside of the church. Because like, yep. I, I realized like I, at one point, I really, one of the things that I love is music, like playing music, singing, playing the guitar, the piano or whatever. But at one point I realized that the total of that was, happening at the church in my job and mm-hmm. and and it had like robbed me of that really replenishing thing and mm-hmm. so um so then i decided that i was going to learn these songs that weren't i would never actually play in youth ministry it didn't make sense um <laughs> and so i hence I just, the three jewel songs i learned on <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, so, um, mine were James Taylor, which, oh, yeah. you know, it's just because he's so old that you wouldn't play them. Um, but I can make them work. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's one of them. The other thing, and, and I think this is a little bit of both for me, you were talking a, a little bit about it, but I've seen this happen multiple times where youth ministers end up having uh, no relationships of consequence outside mm-hmm. of teenagers, yep. right? Like, mm-hmm. and when your relationships with teenagers crosses over into meeting your need for friendship, oh, that is a yes. super danger zone. Like that is yep. really bad. If you mm-hmm. ever find yourself thinking of the teenagers in your group as your friends, mm-hmm. just stop. And Mm -hmm. you've got to figure out where you go to find friends and you need to find them and make them. Um, And let me speak to that because when I first went into youth ministry, I love teenagers. Um, I have a ton of nieces and and nephews that, you know, that's what I heard. That's what, that's what you said. That's actually. (laughs) No. So I have all these nieces and nephews and at any family event, you will normally find me in the middle of the teenagers. Not at with the adults, just because like family, because family, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good read, Jeremy. Um, But when I first went into youth ministry, like I had to finally say, "Time out." I see how all these other people are doing youth ministry, and just because they're doing it that way, 
doesn't mean it's the best way or the healthiest way to do this. Right. And, and part of that was spending all of their time with just their youth. And so what I learned then was the more I nurtured these friendships, the more my youth um, appreciated me having friends and having a life outside of them. And they, you know, I didn't share everything, but they would love to know I went on trips with friends or I had dinner with friends or, you know, that I was doing these things and that I was, I realized how important it was for me to model healthy relationships for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I think just have for- a lot of words. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's that's why you're a guest on a podcast. <laughs> um, so the, the I think kind of bottom line, you know, I feel like a youth worker who sees this if this this episode of self care and decides to listen to it, I, I, I think most of those people are in a place where like I need. I need, I need something. (laughs) Uh, And and I think that, that where we started is really the place for, for that. And it's boundaries and friendships and taking care of yourself physically, whether that be food or exercise, or Mm -hmm. let's be honest, probably both. Um, Yep. Uh, I, I think sitting down and, and carving that out for yourself is huge. Well, thank you guys so much for being uh, on this podcast. Uh, we are really all about doing youth ministry in a way that it, it doesn't feel like you're alone because sometimes when you get online to work, it can feel like you're all by yourself. Um, but we've got your back with games, ideas, lessons, podcasts, just like this one. Uh, Really, you're not alone. That's where we are trying to help you out uh, in the Youth Worker Collective. So you can find all of those things at youthworkercollective.com and more podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast. (laughs) 